0: This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit CelebrationChurch.cc. Glory to God. I'm excited. I'm pumped up about the conclusion to the matter here. Uh, But before we stop, did you hear about the three guys who went fishing out in the ocean? No, you probably didn't, but this is the reason why you come to church every weekend so that you find out this important stuff that's going on in our world. Well, anyhow, their boat capsized, and now they're holding on for dear life. They're in the middle of the ocean, floating to who knows where. They're actually out there for about four days, and uh, they're dehydrated, and they're about to die when all of a sudden this bottle comes bobbing around. And uh, next to them, one of the guy grabs it thinking, man, there might be some fresh water in there. And so he uncorks the bottle and whoosh, out comes this genie. Now, it's a Christian genie. It's a Christian genie, so we're in church, right? And this genie is so delighted to be out of the bottle. She says, I, I'm going to give you guys three wishes. And so she looks at the first guy and says, okay, wh- what do you want? And the first guy says, well, that's easy. I want to be back home sipping tea with my wife. And whoosh, she has gone. And he's back home sipping tea with his wife. And so the genie looks at the second guy and says, okay, you're next. What do you want? He says, oh, I want to be back home with my dog. I guess the guy didn't have a wife. He says, I want to be back home with my, my dog drinking a warm cup of espresso. And poof, he's he's gone and he's back home with his dog and he's drinking his espresso. Life is good. The genie turns to the third guy and says, okay, it's it's your your turn. And the guy is just crying. The guy is weeping and he says, oh, I miss my friends so much. My wish is that they would come back. Now, that's funny. I don't know. I don't care who you are. That is absolutely funny. If you didn't get that, you'll probably get it on the way home. But here's the moral of the story is that sometimes you need to unfriend some friends. Can I get a witness in here? Come on. Can I get an amen in here? (laughs) Unfriend some friends. Now, This is what I know. Life is all about relationships. Everything in our lives revolves around relationships, whether it be friends or coworkers, boyfriends, girlfriends, roommates, family, spouses, kids, parents. Think about it. Life is made up of relationships, and it's your relationships that really do shape you. They're really the sum total of, of who you are. Um, whether it be good or bad. You are who you are and where you are because of the people you hang out with. Now, if you was here for the first week... We discovered that the, the, the that love is the goal of our relationships, not happiness, powerful, powerful truth. The second week I taught about the importance of not going it alone, that that God has created us to, to do life with certain individuals, and we need to find those people to do life with. And, and And I talked about the importance of three different types or kinds of relationship that every person needs, and that is, that is the Samuels and the John. Jonathan's and the Nathans, and and I've done a lot of preaching in the last twenty three years of my life. But if you was to ask me, Pastor, what, what do I need to listen to? I would tell you, uh, uh, I would tell you that, that that teaching that I taught the second week of this series is probably one of the most important teachings that you could ever hear because you're going to end up based upon the people you hang out with, and if you're going to be successful in life, you're going to have to have a Samuel in your life, you're going to have to have a Jonathan in your life, and you're going to have to have a Nathan in your life. And the truth that I brought a couple weeks ago is something that was taught to me very early on. And I'm telling you, I, I believe it has saved my life at times that, that I have looked for these types of individuals in my life. And if you are not here, please, 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 it is free of charge. You can download the podcast. You can listen to it. And I believe it will tremendously bless you. Last week, we began to talk about relational wounds. Today, we're going to talk about finding healing for your relational wounds. Now, I'm not sure what you've been through or what you have experienced in your relationships, but but after pastoring this church for some 23 years, this is what I do know. Everybody has been wounded. Everybody has been hurt by a relationship. Perhaps wounded by a, a relational tragedy, maybe the death of a loved one, maybe it was an accidental death or a premature death, but many people even here today at all of our campuses man you 're struggling you 're wounded because of the death of a loved one, or maybe you 're here today, and your wound is the result of a relational strife or or rejection maybe it was a nasty divorce you went through or a parental abandonment. Maybe your, your parents just abandoned you or, or perhaps broken friendships or broken and fractured families. Most of us at all of our campuses have experienced those kinds of relational wounds. Or maybe you're here today and, and this, is, this is maybe a real serious one. I know we begin to look at it last week, but, but your, your wound is a relational abuse. Uh, perhaps it was physical abuse. Uh, perhaps it was emotional abuse. Maybe the manipulation of another person or the control or the anger or the criticism, and it has left a deep-seated wound in your life. Maybe you're here and you've been wounded by disappointment. All of us, I'm sure, I'm sure has, and and maybe it's been the actions of another person or maybe the decisions of another person or even the health issues of another person affecting our, our life. The list could go on and on and on, but this is what I know. When it comes to relationships, everybody has experienced something. Something has wounded their heart. Last week we looked, and this is huge, we looked at the the consequences that go along with a wounded heart that is left unhealed. And, and, and the reason why we pushed on that is because a lot of people, when they're wounded on the inside, they don't deal with it. They just say, well, you know what? Time will heal it. And the truth of the matter is, we found out last week, time heals nothing. The Bible does not teach that. In fact, the Bible says with time, it only gets worse. And so we understand that that as we begin to teach last week, that there's consequences if we let that wound go unhealed. And we found out three important things. I just want to remind you real quick, you can go back and listen to the whole podcast. And because we talked about Terah, Abraham's father, most, of, most people that go to church, they don't even know the story, but how he dealt with a relational wound in his own life. Actually, his youngest son had died. And, and when he died, Tara just basically was paralyzed by that wound until, the, until he ended up dying. And we found out three important things that happen when you leave that wound unhealed. The first thing we found out is that it keeps us from our potential. This is a reason why you need healing for that relational wound in your life. Because if you just mask over it, cover it up, act like it's not there, it will keep you from your potential. Make no mistake about it. When you are in conflict with another person, it really isn't about the other person. There's a bigger picture. It is the enemy's attempt to derail you from your potential. The bigger picture is the enemy is using a broken, messed up relationship of conflict to try to keep you from you being and doing what God has called you to do. It'll keep you from your potential. So the second thing we learned last week is it pollutes, it pollutes our other relationships. It's so so true. One bad relationship over here will affect all other relationships that you have. Your relationship with your boss will affect your relationship with your wife. It will affect your relationship with your kids. And you need to understand if you don't get healing in those messed up relationships, it will poison the other relationships. That's some good preaching. (laughs) Hallelujah, that's good stuff. The third thing we found out is that is, is, that, that is that it'll destroy our relationship with God. It destroys our relationship with God. And, and this was shocking for a lot of people. Again, go back, listen to the whole teaching. But see, if you're not right with people, you're not gonna be right with God. It's, it's absolutely the truth. If you're not right with people, you're not gonna be right with God. So when it comes to a messed up heart, When it comes to a relational wound in your life, it is just absolutely important that you find healing. Hear me, you've got to find healing for that pain. Otherwise, it's going to paralyze you from moving forward. And here's the good news. Here's where we stopped last week. The good news is is that God specializes in healing broken hearts. That's good news. In fact, we see it here in Psalms 147. Psalms 147, verse 3, it says, He, God, is the healer of the brokenhearted. He is the I love that, man. I get excited. Anybody need some healing? He's the healer of the brokenhearted. Notice, he is the one who bandages up their wounds. The good news is is that God doesn't want you to stay wounded. He doesn't want you to live in that pain and in that hurt. God wants to heal the wounded heart. And this is what I want to say to you today. Hear me today. Don't let your wound stay a wound. Let God heal it. So important. Don't let your wound stay a wound. It'd be crazy for you to allow a physical wound to stay a physical wound. So we'd think something was wrong with you if 10 years later, you still had the same cut on your arm, right? We need to allow healing to come in our, in our lives. When you're hurt, the whole, goal to be in, the whole goal is for you to be healed, not to stay hurt. The whole goal when you are hurt is to be healed, not to stay hurt. Before I give you some real practical steps that we talked about that we were last week that we were going to give you to God's healing, I would like to set it up with this thought. Such an important thought. There's an interesting passage in the book of Ecclesiastes. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1. It's a it's a book of poetry, is actually what it is. And it starts out in this first verse. It says, For everything there is a season, a time for every activity under Heaven. And what's interesting, if you was to read the next several verses, it starts giving us things that we understand. It talks about a time to be born and a time to die. It talks about a time to plant and a time to, to harvest. It talks about a time to cry and a time to laugh. And then it gets to something that, that most of us, we read it, but we don't really understand it. In verse 5, notice what it says here. There's a time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones. Think about that. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones. Most of us, we don't understand what that's, what that's saying, but I'm here to tell you that is an Old Testament observance here. And what this is actually talking about is that there is always here, there is always a choice in how you respond to things. It was their tradition that you can take that stone you could take that stone and scatter it, meaning that you could use that stone as a weapon against somebody and, and scatter it on their head, throw it at them. Or you could take that stone and you could gather that stone or gather those stones and build an altar to God and let him change your life. Um, that, that's what that's talking about. Let, let me show you a quick example of that. Uh, we see this principle in a story in Genesis, and we don't have time to read the whole thing, but in Genesis chapter 28 through chapter 31, we get this whole story. It's the story about Jacob. Many of us are familiar with it. He has a relational issue with his father-in-law, Laban. It was a bad, bad, bad. I'm telling you, it was a really bad relationship. For 20 years, Laban has done him wrong. For 20 years, Laban has mistreated and been mean to Jacob. For 20 years, Laban has not kept his promises to Jacob. It is, you think... Jerry Springer's crazy. You ought to read this whole story. There is crazy things that go on in this relationship between Jacob and Laban. Laban mistreated Jacob so bad that finally, after 20 years, Jacob decides one night that he's going to to, that he's going to run away, that he's going he's to gather all this his stuff, gather his family, and he's going to leave. So in the middle of the night, he does that. He, he gathers his stuff, he gathers his, his family, and he takes off. And all of a sudden, Laban hears about it, and it makes Laban mad, and Laban takes off after him to chase him. What happens in the story is that Jacob hears that Laban is coming, hear me, and Jacob gets mad, and Jacob is ready to fight. He is done with this. He's tired of being mistreated. So he is ready to fight his father-in-law. We pick up the story because here's where we see the metaphor or the picture that Ecclesiastes talks about. Genesis chapter 31, verse 46. Then he, Jacob, told his family members, gather, there it is, gather some stones, so they gathered stones and piled them in a heap. Again, in the culture, they understood that you have a choice in how you deal with situations. Either I can gather stones or I can scatter stones. I can make my stones a weapon and hurt people, or I can gather them into an altar and trust God for healing in my life. So Jacob, notice his choosing is choosing to not scatter, but to gather some stones. He says, hey, family, we're not going to scatter. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to gather some stones. So they gathered stones and piled them up in a heap, an altar. Notice what happens once they make the choice to gather. Then Jacob and Laban, this is the relational conflict, all of a sudden being restored. Jacob and Laban sat down beside the pile of stones to eat a covenant. meal a beautiful picture of what happens when you choose... To gather instead of scatter. Catch what Jacob does here. If you don't get anything else, you've got to get this point of the message. In the heat of this relational conflict, Jacob knows that he has two options with the stones. He can throw the stones or he can build an altar to the Lord. And Jacob looks at his family and he says, Guys, we're not going to clobber one another with these stones, but we are going to gather these Stones, And with every stone that they begin to pile up, it represented the hurt. It represented the pain that he had been through for those 20 years. And I'm just here to tell you today, you have a choice. You have a choice about what you're going to do with the offenses and the hurt and the pain and the mistreatment in your life. You're either going to scatter stones or you're going to... Gather stones. You're you're gonna have to deal with the offense of your life. You're either gonna scatter it or you are going to gather. You're gonna have to deal with the strife in your life. Either you're gonna scatter it and make it a weapon and be mean to people, or you are going to gather the stones. You are going to have to deal with the hurt that's in your life. Come on, it's either gonna be the weapon to hurt other people, or you're gonna take your hurt. And you're going to make a pile and you're going to be, begin to make an altar. You're going to have to deal with the, the rejection and the abandonment and the mistreatment. Come on. Either you're going to make those weapons or you're going to start gathering. Come on. I'm helping somebody. It's, it's your choice. Come on. What are you going to do with the insults? What are you going to do with, with the abuse? What are you going to do with the pain? Are you going to scatter? Or are you going to gather? How about this? What are you going to do with what they did to you? You're gonna, you're gonna make it a weapon and be mean the rest of your life or are you going to gather it? Come on, what are you gonna do with what they said about you, what they blogged about you, what they tweeted about you? Some of you just need to turn social media off. You wouldn't even know. Are you gonna scatter it? Are you gonna retweet? Are you going to? Come on, somebody. I'm talking about, get... how about this? What, 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 they, what they should have done. Some of you are just mad at people because they just didn't do what you wanted them to do. Come on, are you gonna throw that stone? Come on, are you going to scatter? Are you going, come on, I need some help preaching today. That unfair treatment. You're going to have to make a choice what you're going to do with your pain, what you're going to do with your wounds, with your hurt. Are you going to scatter? Are you going to gather? And today I would encourage you to do this, to take everything that you're mad about Come on, take everything that, that upsets you and makes you mad. And I would encourage you today, instead of scattering it and throwing it and making it a weapon to cause abuse and, 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 and hurt people, to gather those stones and gather them into an altar and let God bring healing into your, into your heart. So what does it look like to gather stones if we want hearts healed there are three things that we must do. I believe that's a wonderful picture of, of what we're trying to teach, but let's really make this practical. What would it look like for me to really gather the stones instead of throwing them and, 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 and trying to hurt the people that has hurt me? First of all, this is the first thing that you need to do if you're going to gather stones. The first thing is reveal the hurt. Come on, if you're going to get healing today in your heart, you're going to have to get real. You're going to have to. I know, I know we put on our Sunday best and we act like everything's okay. But the truth of the matter is at all of our campuses, we're hurting on the inside. And we're good at faking it, aren't we? <laughs> the place that we should really be real is a place we, we fake it. Listen, God wants us to reveal the hurt. Don't hide it. Reveal it. We are so notorious for this. So many are good at hiding the hurt, thinking, well, I'll just handle it myself. But hear me today, as long as you tuck it away and say that nobody else can, can hear about it, nobody else can help, then you can't get help yourself. Your life would be so much better if you would just reveal the hurt. If you say, God, I'm hurting. God, what they did to me, it messed me up. If you would reveal the hurt instead of hiding the hurt, ignoring the hurt, you are gathering the stones. Not only that, not only letting God know, but hear me today, there's other people in your life, godly relationships that you need to allow into your life where you can share your pain. A lot of people don't understand this, but in James chapter five, it says to, it says to share your faults with one another so that you might be healed. What is that saying? It says you need to share with other God-fearing people your issues because that's how you get healing in your life. I'm telling you, we is better than me. I know that's not good English, but that's good preaching. Come on, God has put people in your lives to help you. But as long as you're hiding it, as long as you're tucking it away and you're trying to deal with it yourself, I'm here to tell you, You'll never see the healing in your life. Notice what the psalmist says here in Psalms 32, verse 3. He says, "He says, when I kept things to myself, I felt weak. Hello, weak. Deep inside me, I moaned all day long. In other words, when I kept it to myself, things just got worse. Some of you, you can't figure out why your life just gets worse and worse and worse. It's because you're not revealing what God wants you to reveal. It says in Psalms 39, verse two, it says, so I remained utterly silent, not even saying anything good, but my anguish increased. I know this is sobering, but listen, as long as you're hiding it, as long as you're tucking it away, your anguish is going to increase. It's the Bible. And Bible says in Psalms 34, verse 17, here's what we need to do. The Lord hears his people when they call to him for help. Reveal it, church. Reveal it. Notice what he does when he reveals it. He rescues them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. Somebody needs to hear that today. Listen, God is concerned. God is concerned about your hurt and your pain, and he's concerned about you being real with it to let him have it. Are you going to gather stones or are you going to scatter Stones. He's close to the brokenhearted. He rescues, that word rescues there is heal. he heals those whose spirits are crushed. God is concerned about what's going on on the inside. And when you open up and reveal your hurt to God, listen to me, you are on your way to a wound that can be healed. Here's the second thing. <laughs> that was good. Come on, let's go ahead. If we're going to clap, let's clap. All of our campuses. Thank you, Lord. So number one, reveal the hurt. Number two, release the people involved. Release the people involved. Now, this is the hardest. This is tough. This is the point you don't want to hear, but this is the point you're going to have to do if you really are going to gather the stones and get healing in your life. If you want healing in your heart, hear me, then you're going to have to be willing to forgive people. There's no way out of your wound as long as you refuse to forgive. Maybe they don't deserve it. Maybe they don't deserve to be forgiven. But listen, if you want to move forward, then you must forgive them and let God deal with them. There's just no way around it. You have to release the people involved. And I'm taking just a little bit more time on this one because this is the most difficult for us. And I want to make sure that you have no excuses, that you know exactly what we're talking about. So what does it mean to release the people involved? Number one, it means I will abandon my right to get even. It means I will abandon my right to get even. That's what it means to release the people who have hurt you. In Romans chapter 12, verse 17 through 19, notice what it says here in the message translation. It says, don't hit back. Don't insist on getting, hello, even. That's not for you to do. I'll do the judging, says God. And God is so much better at doing that than you. Your job is to gather, not scatter. Listen, you give it to God and don't try to get even. You let it go. And God says, I'll take care of it. Listen, listen, make no mistake about it. Nobody ever gets away with anything. God deals with everybody. God is dealing with that pain and dealing with those issues. First Peter chapter 3, verse 9. Don't repay, repay evil for evil. Here it is. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. Instead, pay them back with a blessing. What? What? you got to be kidding. That's in the Bible. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. Instead, what? I don't pay them back with a blessing. Now, Now, that word blessing there, that means to forgive them. Let it go. Let, 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 let them go. That is what God has called you to do, and he will grant you his blessing. If you want a blessing, you've got to give a blessing. Come on, that's some good preaching. If you want a blessing, you've got to give a blessing. Yeah, but it's not right. Are you going to gather or are you going to scatter? scatter? See, see the, 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 the problem with scattering is you keep that wound open. It's like putting a, a Band-Aid on a wound. And if every day you just rip that Band-Aid off, that wound is not going to heal. And that's what a lot of you are doing by scattering. You know, you, you're doing good for a while, but all of a sudden you say, you start blogging about your hurt again. You just pull the Band-Aid off. You start showing somebody, look what they did to me. And you just keep pulling the Band-Aid off. Come on, we're not gonna scatter. We're going to gather. That means I will abandon my right to get even. Jesus, the head of the church, your master, your savior, the one you tear up about in worship, he, he modeled this. Listen, in 1 Peter 2.23, it says, He did not retaliate when he was insulted, nor threatened revenge when he suffered. He left his case, listen, in the hands of God, who always judges fairly. That's what you need to do. God will deal with it. God will judge it correctly. Your job is to let it go. Release the people involved. Releasing the people means that, first of all, I will abandon my right to get even. Secondly, it means I will apply God's grace to my relationships. I will apply God's grace to my relationship. This is absolutely huge. The same amazing grace of God's forgiveness in my life must be applied to their lives. How many of you are thankful for God's forgiveness in your life? It's amazing. I mean, I mean, think about all the things that you have ever done. And God says, I forgive you. And some of those are nasty things. And God says, I forgive you. And can I remind you that all the sins you will ever, ever commit, God has already promised that he will forgive you. That is some amazing Grace. And God says, now I need you to take that amazing grace that you have received, and I need you to give that to your relationships. It's in the Bible. Look here in Colossians chapter 3, verse 13. Don't be angry with each other. Don't throw stones, but forgive each other. If you feel someone has wronged you, flip them off. run them off the road, right? Get even, burn their house down. No, that's not how Christians do it. Christians forgive, forgive them, forgive others because the Lord has forgiven you. That's why we do it. We receive the amazing grace and now we give amazing (laughs) grace. Ephesians 4, 31, it says, get rid of all bitterness. This is talking about scattering stones. Quit scattering the stones. Don't, don't be bitter. Get rid of the rage. Get rid of the anger. Get rid of the harsh words. Don't scatter the stones, the slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. What am I going to do, Lord, instead of that? Instead, be kind. Hello? Be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. You know what, can I just remind you, people might have hurt you, but I am sure in your life you have hurt people, and God has forgiven you, and God is asking you the same mercy and the grace that has been extended to your misconduct. God says he wants you to give that to others. This is what it means to gather <laughs> stones. God wants you to forgive them. For so many, this is tough. This is a tough point, a tough principle. And for so many, we we hold on to the bitterness. We, We hold on to the unforgiveness. I mean, years will go by and we just keep holding on to it. We keep harboring it. But listen to this preacher today. When you hold on to unforgiveness, unforgiveness holds on to you. Hear that. When you scatter stones... When you hold on to, to unforgiveness in your life, that unforgiveness holds on to you. Have you ever heard about those stories of how native tribes would, would catch monkeys? I don't know. It's, it's, it's a known fact that, 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 that native tribes in different parts of the world would, would catch monkeys. And the way they would do that is that uh, this is, a, this is a, a little picture here or a sketch here of a, actually a coconut. And this is how they would do it. They would, they would actually hollow out the coconut, fill it with rice, and uh, then they would tether the coconut. You can see a little rope there, and they'd tie it to a tree. And what would happen is the hole would just be big enough so that the monkey with its open hand could get its hand into the coconut and get the rice, but once it had a fisted hand, the hole was small enough that they could not get their, their hand back out. And then what would happen is the natives would come over, catch the monkey, and then it would be dinner. So instead of the monkey getting dinner, it would become dinner. Why? Because the monkey didn't know how to let go. Now, now I know some of you don't believe this. Ah, you're pulling our leg. And I'm telling you, this is the way they would trap monkeys back then, different kinds of traps, but it was always the same principle. In fact, watch your screens for those that think I'm lying today.
1: First, he laboriously drills a hole in a giant ant heap when he is sure a baboon is watching him because he knows baboons are incurably inquisitive. Next, he puts some wild melon seeds into the hole and works them in so that they drop into a hollow. Then he saunters off knowing the baboon is burning with curiosity. The baboon doesn't trust that human being at all, so he plays it cool. But he's dying to know what gives in that confounded hole. Finally, Mr. Inquisitive can't take it any longer. He's got to know what's in there. He reaches in, grabs a fistful, and now his hand's too big to come out. Ah! If he had the sense to drop the seed, he could free his hand. (laughs) Now he lets go when it's too late.
0: I told you. Is, Is that not crazy? In fact, that's how some of you look right now. The moral of the story is that if you don't let go... It's going to kill you. If you don't let go of that unforgiveness, I'm here to tell you, it's going to kill you. You see, unforgiveness is the poison that we drink thinking somebody else is going to die. Listen, when it comes to people, you may never trust them again, but you must forgive them. Forgiveness is, is, is for you. That's what you need to hear. It's for you. It's for your wounded heart so that you can move forward into your future. So, so here's a great question. Who is it today that you need to let go? What is it that you need to let go? Here's the last point of how we gather our stones. Number three. Refocus on God's plan for my life. Number one, reveal the hurt. Number two, release the people involved. Number three, this is, this is huge. Refocus on God's plan for my life. We, we, we talked about at the beginning that when there's conflict going on in your relationships, there, there's a bigger picture. It really is never about the other person. Uh, sir, it's not really about your wife, it's not about your kids, it's not about your boss. There's a bigger picture. And the enemy is trying to derail you from your potential in life. Knowing that it's obvious that if we're going to get healing in our wounds, we need to refocus ourselves. Get our eyes off the pain and get our eyes on the plan of God for our life. Don't let those painful situations stop you from the great potential that God has for your life. Listen to me today. God's got a plan. God's got a place where your life is going to be better than you ever dreamed if you can just refocus off of the pain. That's what it means to to gather. You know, I like what what Joseph said in the Old Testament Genesis. Many of us know the story. Where, where Joseph has been sold into slavery by his brothers. His brothers did it. Here's a, here's a relational issue, conflict. His brothers sell him into slavery. Now he's a slave. And for 20 years, I mean, he, he's thrown in the, into the pit. He, he's thrown into a prison. And, and after 20 years of just this, this horrific life that he had to bear, All of a sudden, God delivers him out of that prison and puts him in the palace. And he's second in command to Pharaoh. I mean, catch that. He's second in command. He's like like Pharaoh's pastor. He's in charge of everything. And and when he has the opportunity to get back at his brothers, here's here's what Joseph does in Genesis chapter 50, verse 19. We can learn so much from this. Then Joseph said to them, his brothers that had mistreated him, done him wrong. Don't be afraid. I'm not God. Some of you need to tattoo that on your arm today. I'm not God. That's your issue. You're trying to be God and you need to let it go. He says, I have no right to punish you. Then he goes on to say this in verse 20, you meant to hurt me. (laughs) Somebody ought to get happy right here, but God turned your evil into good. I I don't know what happened to you. I don't know what you've gone through. I'm sure it's horrific. I'm sure it's painful. It's not right. But here's the truth of the matter. God can turn that evil into good. If you will choose to refocus on God's plan for your life and gather instead of scatter, I'm here to tell you your best days are still ahead. Somebody needs to get excited about that. Come on, is anybody excited about that? I want to close with this one last verse. And this is what I, this is, this is really what I'm asking you to do as we close this series. In Job chapter 11, here it is. In a nutshell, verse 13, put your heart right. And I hope in all this stuff that we've taught, I believe it's been one of our most powerful series that we've taught in a long time because this is where the issue really is real. This really is where the struggle is real. And I'm just asking you, put your heart right. Reach out to God. And then let's get up and let's face the world again. Firm and courageous. And if we'll do that, notice what God's promised, then all your troubles will fade. Come on, from your memory. Come on, God will heal you. God will deliver you. Then all your troubles will fade from your memory like floods that are past and remembered no more. I like this. Your life will be brighter. Your life will be brighter than sunshine at noon, and life's darkest hours will shine like the dawn. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet, all of our campuses. We typically don't do this at the end of service because a lot of people use this moment to run out. Would you, would you please, just because I believe this is the way God wants us to do this, and I'm going to just ask at all of our campuses, please, nobody moving around. I'm getting ready to close. I'm going to pray a prayer. I believe in this hospital this morning, God is going to heal some deep, deep, deep wounds. I'm here to tell you, church, I believe celebration, God is calling us to gather instead of scatter. We can't afford to move forward. Scattering our stones, using stones as weapons to get back at people. We've got to allow God to deal with those people that have hurt us. Our job, if we want healing, if we want a bright future, if we want to be made whole, our job today is that we've got to gather the stones. We've got to reveal the hurt. We've got to release the people. And we got to get our eyes on the purpose and plan for our lives. Would you close your eyes and bow your heads at all of our campuses? And in this moment, I believe in moments, oh, I believe in moments, God can do more in five seconds than what you could try to do in a lifetime. And I know that wound might be deep, but I'm here to tell you healing is flowing right now. God, I pray in this hospital today at all of our campuses, God, that you would do what you can only do. You said that you heal the brokenhearted. God, you know the situation. You know the issue. You know the, 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 the injustice, Lord, the, the, the pain. The, God, the abandonment. The, God, the stuff that's been wronged in our lives. God, you get it. God, today, today we gather stones. And we pile them up as an altar. God, we take all of our pain. Come on, some of you need to do this today. Just an imagery in your heart. God, we gather all of the hurt. We gather all the pain. God, we we gather all the stuff that people did to us that paralyzed us. And God, we gather it as an altar. And we're asking, we're asking for your healing in our hearts today. God, may your grace, your amazing grace heal our hearts This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit celebrationchurch.cc